Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Gaffer's tape, thank you. I like it. I like it. church it's so awesome that you came out look at this i mean we got drafts in our backyard but it's an hour away awesome well welcome to our mission sunday we are right in the middle of a series of what if the church loves and today we're talking about what if the church loves all people and he's not here to hear it but i'm so thankful to jared for making us a video for um, our trip there he did a fantastic job better than i could have ever done as you see um so we're just excited right now i'm excited about this idea what if the church loves and i was looking there you know jesus says that the world will know we're christians by our love and i think that's such a powerful thing that if the church steps out and loves our world that is how people come to see God. And so we were in the third week of this series. We spent the worst, first week, not the worst week. Wow, that was terrible. I didn't mean that. Um, the first week talking about our youth and our teens, which was not the worst. I'm very passionate about the next generation. Um, but it was incredible. And um, last week, Sean shared a very powerful word about what if the church loved our neighbor and walking across the street to share the love of God with people around us. And so this is week three into what if the church loves all people. And I'm so excited about it. I think this is something that is not only close to our heart, but it's close to the heart of God, that all people across the world can know him and the love and freedom that he has to offer. And so we say it this way here at Real Life. We have a set of core values, and one of them is all people. And what it says is we don't draw lines to keep people out. We cross lines to bring people in. We want to be a church that's doing things to reach unchurched people, and we want to do things no one is doing to reach people 
people that maybe no one is reaching. It's our desire to make it hard for people to go to hell by making it easy for anyone to go to church. And so I'm going to start today just with a couple of ideas around that. We're going to share about a couple of different um, international opportunities that our church was involved in this um, summer. And so hang on, we're going to have a really, really good week. And so I was thinking about this idea of all people. And sometimes that idea of building walls or drawing lines is really easy to do. You know, statistically, 99% of the people that we hang out with on a regular basis look a lot like us. It's really easy for me to go to work and hang out with nurse practitioners. It's a really small, specific group of people, but I have a lot in common with them. I connect with them. It's easy for me to do that. But I think sometimes that um, the gospel is calling us to do more with that. I think it's calling us sometimes to step out and look to be sharing love with people who don't necessarily look like us. You might think about certain neighborhoods you lock the doors when you, you know, drive through or different preconceived notions you have of seeing, you know, a homeless person standing on the side of the road and we automatically have that judgment, that gut feeling. And I think that God is calling us to do some things that might make us feel a little uncomfortable sometimes to make a difference for his love. And one way that I really get to kind of see this played out on a regular basis, as I mentioned, I work at Children's Mercy um, at the hospital downtown. So we have a wide variety of people from all different places around our city come there to get care. And so I have a unique perspective and opportunity where I get to walk into an exam room to see a family and their sick kid and that's all I get to see. I don't see them in their house or in their neighborhood or at their job. I don't know how much money they make. I don't know anything about where their family is from, their history. All I see is people. And I see people who are there and they're worried about their sick kid. And it's such a cool and unique opportunity to be able to walk in to see somebody with really little opportunity to pass any judgment. I don't know much about them. And so all I get to do is walk in and care. I don't know what, you know, anything about them besides what I can just literally see. They could be rich or poor. I don't know what neighborhood they live in. I don't know what car they drove into the hospital. But I know that they need love. They're scared. They need hope. They need something that I can offer them in that moment. And so it's such a powerful way to take a step back and look at my own life. How can I approach other situations that way, where I may have hesitations or a preconceived notion about people that God has called us to love, and how can I move past those gut fears or reactions I might have to reach out and love them better. It's so cool to take away those differences, see what it is to care for people just where they are. They're just people. And I think that's what God calls us to do. And so this isn't an idea that's new with real life. We did not invent this. Um, this has actually come straight out of God's word. And so I want to share with you Matthew 28, 19. says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I borrowed some wisdom from my very smart Bible college graduate husband, um, who is here. And he is just great. And so you can give him a little honor. He hates that. And I'll just like give it up for Sean. He's super smart. He's super good at speaking up here, too. So we'll hear him next week, I think. Oh, maybe not. Sorry. Come anyway. It's going to be really good. Um, but so that word, all nations, actually comes from the Greek word, ethnos. And it doesn't just mean all nations like Canada and, you know, Botswana. It actually means all people groups. So not just 
political, geopolitical boundaries, but actually all different kinds of people. God is out looking for people who speak every different language, every different culture, every different little piece of that. And he has a plan for all those people to know his love. And the church is a big part of that. And so the first point that I really want to reiterate with that is that the gospel is for all people. And so what if the church loves all people is because it's for all people. And all people need to know God and they need to find the freedom that he can offer them. And it's so powerful. It's the heart of God. You can see it all through scripture that every nation, tribe, and tongue will come to know the hope that they can only find in Jesus. So today we're going to do a couple different things to celebrate um, some of the ways we reached out across the world this summer. And so as you saw from Jared's incredible video, um, Leslie and Emery and I had a very great trip visiting with them this summer, and it was in July, getting to encourage them, getting to experience their life there, all that God is doing in them and through them while they're in their time in Niger. So I want to introduce Leslie Taylor, who traveled with me to Niger, to come up and just share a little bit about um, herself. So her, by her self-admission, she is not a world traveler. She's not even really a town traveler. Um, and she probably will never travel again after the adventures we had in many airports. Um, but what I really love about her is that she stepped out in faith on this as her first official missions trip. And she did get the bonus of getting to visit her son and daughter-in-law and especially her granddaughter on the trip. But I know she was really challenged by what she saw in Niger. So let's give a hand to Leslie as she shares with us today. When Jared and Rose decided to go to Africa, I told them that I would not be visiting them. This is the part that always gets me. Someone in this church, I don't even know who, wanted to uh, pay for uh, and the flight to Africa for a family member to go visit them. And right there, that just touched my heart that they were thinking that it would be great for Jared and Rose to have someone in the family come visit. So uh, when that message came out to all the family and I read that, I thought, well, I just better pray about this. So I started to pray about it. And I tell my husband, and he's like, if you're even just considering it, you probably should do it. And um, anyway, I, I'm talking to people and hearing some messages. Sean preached a message and uh, someone else that I heard. And I just kept hearing, get out of your comfort zone. And so I really did, <laughs> big time. <laughs> but anyway, um, I just wanted to say thank you to whoever that was. And then also thank you to Real Life for being such a support to them. And because of... Uh, us being able to go over and visit them, we were able to uh, get to see all the ministries that they're involved with over there in Africa. Um, they are involved in the Cure, which is a children's hospital, and Rose is able to um, be a nurse there, volunteer as a nurse, and then also help kids with uh, art therapy and play games with them, and we were able to do that one day with them. And then also, Jared has been able to um, do some photos and media of the children um, with their progress, um, with their health. And um, anyway, this is a, not just a regular children's hospital. It's a place where you can come for physical healing, and hopefully you'll get spiritual healing while you're there, too. Um, because they do present the gospel to the families and the children there. Also, um, 
We were able to visit the Sim Missionary School where Jared teaches media to high school students and his hope is that those high school students will be able to take that media and use it uh, for the gospel of Christ someday. Um, we visited a place called FEU, -E which was Foyer Evangelical University. Um, that is a place where uh, like college students can come and they learn English or they practice their English. They learn to read um, as an adult. Um, we got to meet one of the missionary ladies that actually teach them how to read, adults how to read, and she says it's pretty difficult to teach them as adults. But um, also, you can, they can go there and learn guitar. It's an outreach program so that they can get acquainted with the people, and then hopefully they'll be able to present the gospel to them. Um, also, I don't think I mentioned last time, um, I know that Real Life has shown a couple of uh, videos that Jared has made for the SIM organization. Um, so he also puts together promotional videos and informational videos for them. Um, so I just wanted to say that if you have supported them in prayer or given to them monthly or sent gifts to them, I just want you to realize that you are a huge part of their ministry and thank you so much for doing that. One of the favorite things that we did over there was a giraffe safari. It was so much fun. Um, Jared and Rose had done it another time and saw five giraffes. And when we went, we probably saw at least 50 giraffes. But while I'm out there, I'm just thinking how cool this is to see these amazing creatures that God made and they're living in their own habitat and also villagers that live amongst them. And we were able to even go into a village and see the people and they just live in these little hut houses and share the same water hole that the giraffes do and it's just crazy but jared just starts singing songs and uh, they just start singing along with them and clapping their hands and they're joyful people um also i wanted to share the most touching moment i think for me was when we met a lady named hadisa and she was a muslim lady who became a christian and she is taking the gospel to her neighborhood and she's also physically trying to help the people in her uh, neighborhood, especially the children. So she tries to help them with maybe getting them some clothes or um, I know while we were there, uh, a young boy had just received a walker and it was crazy to see him walking around with that and then his other brother sharing it too. But. Um, I think she was a part of that, helping them to be able to get that. But um, anyway, she also was donated from a church a water system, a clean water system, and so she uses that as an outreach to her neighborhood too. I felt like when we went into that neighborhood, it was a very poor community with med houses, lots of sand. That was the picture of us on the video when we got stuck in the sand. Um, but. Uh, it kind of feels like stepping into a National Geographic magazine. You see all the little little boys all naked with the bloated bellies running around and, and how they prepare their food, and, and they just don't have much at all. But anyway, Hadisa has a burden for these people in her neighborhood, and so she desires to also build a building where she can help educate the children and then help them with physical 
therapy also there. So my prayer is that she will be able to do that and that all the money that she needs will uh, come in for her that she can continue to um, teach them uh, the gospel of Christ while also helping them to get an education and uh, have physical therapy. So everybody, I appreciate if you just be praying for Hadisa and her dream to help her community. Thank you. Thank you for sharing, Leslie. I think it's so powerful to see how God calls you to something and then just challenges you in the process, um, not just to go and do something, but he moves in your life. And I think anybody who's been in a trip like this and seen something like that will say, yeah, I went and I helped do some things, but I returned so much different for the experience and what God showed me in my life was just powerful and how I can take that moving forward. And one of the biggest things of Leslie's story that always stuck out to me the whole time we, was, we were there was that it just started with a call. You know, she was obedient to a call, even if it was uncomfortable, um, to go. And I think that the gospel is for all people, but we are called to go to all people. And in Acts 1-8, you can see that it says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And we've taken this model straight out of the Bible, and that's how we say, you know, how do we reach our world? God says, you'll be my witness. You'll be the people who tell about my goodness. Here in Judea and Jerusalem, right where you live, in Samaria, kind of across this region, or like your country, but to the ends of the earth, to every corner of the earth, everywhere you can go where there are people, they need the hope and love of Jesus. And I think the coolest example like Leslie shared to me was just the story of Hadisa and seeing the love and the passion she had for the people who were right in her community. And even she, as one of the wealthier people in the neighborhood, was extremely poor. But she had so much joy and such a passion to say, I have been given a great gift and I want to use all of my resources to give that back in a meaningful way. And that's just one way of what it looks like when we love all people. Sometimes it just starts with walking across the street, being there to help somebody or saying yes to something God has called you to. And it looks different, you know? Sometimes loving people is a physical, tangible thing like that. Sometimes just being there to care. Our society is so broken and hurting so much that we have a lot of opportunities to reach out and just love and care people who, you know, are different from us sometimes. And so, um, you can do all this, and as Leslie's story and Hadisa's, it starts with just saying yes to what God has for you. I want to share another verse with you that I think is really important to um, this idea, and it says in Matthew 9, 37, 38, it says, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And thinking through the idea of what Jesus is telling them, it's not like, oh, get ready, we're going to go do something big. It's that the world is ready. People are hurting. They're searching for something. They need the hope of Jesus, and all we lack is people just to go and care. We need people to go and love, to step across those lines, to get out of our comfort zone, across those boundaries to make a difference. He's looking for people to say yes to that call, that little nudge inside of you. And so just like the gospel is for all people, and just like Leslie said, yes, we are called to go. And every time I think about it and I hear a message like that, I think, oh, there's that little nudge inside of me of like, what is it God's calling me to do? And God's looking for that to be your yes. We see that in Isaiah 6 
6.8, and Isaiah was a prophet in the Old Testament, and some things had changed in his life, a big upheaval, and he, in that moment, he got to see God, and then he says, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, who shall I send, and who will go for us? And he answered, here am I, send me. I don't know where I'm going, I don't know what I'm going to do, but God, I'm here, send me, I want to go, I want to say yes to that call. And I think one of the most impactful things in the whole trip was having a conversation with Jared and Rose, and we were getting ready to leave, and kind of saying, you know, when we're here and we're doing the day-to-day, Rose shared, I don't really feel like we're doing that much. You know, we're supposed to be missionaries across the world. But when we were able to share with you all the things that God has allowed us to do, we are making a difference. It doesn't always look the way we thought it did. And so I was thinking about that moment. And of course, the first thing I said was, you know, that there's stuff that God will allow you to do, you get to be a part of. But his biggest work is in your life. And it's in your heart when you say yes to what he's calling you to. And you actually begin to grow closer to him, develop and become who he's calling you to be. That's the first work of God is in you. And then sometimes we get lucky enough where God gets to work through us to make a difference in other people as well. But the Christian life following God, it is that daily yes. It's every day over the course of a day, God's called me to something. I'm going to say yes, I'm going to do it. If you look at people who are heroes of the faith and giant doing crazy things for God, it wasn't some magical moment that they just arrived and were doing great ministries. They say day after day, I was faithful to what God put in my hand and I was faithful to step out and do what he called me to do. And I think that as the church and a church that what if the church loved? Love and that love that God has given us is calling us to go across our boundaries, to cross cultures, to cross to talk to somebody of a different religion, to talk to somebody who doesn't look like me and take an intentional step out of my circle that feels comfortable to reach out and say, how can I learn more about you to love you in a better way? And he may be calling you across the ocean and that's awesome, but he may be calling you across the street just to love somebody he's put in your path that only you can reach with the love of God. And so our last story that we're sharing from this summer is actually the Germain family. And so if any of them are here, you guys stand up. Germain family, but they made, yep, there, Sean's pointing you out, so now you have to stand up, sorry. Uh, (laughs) But they had an incredible opportunity this summer that they're going to share about on a video, and I love their story so much because their heart and passion to do this trip started years ago. It's been growing in their heart, and the opportunity came for them to go and do it, and they did. It was answering that call of obedience to say, yes, God, you put this in me, and I'm gonna step out in faith and do some crazy last minute stuff and all this to do what you've called me to do, and that's so powerful. They said yes to God so that other people would have the opportunity to know God. So let's give them a hand as we check out this video. My name is Scott Germain, and this summer, my family and I decided to take a trip to the Philippines, 8,000 miles away, 30-hour plane trip to tell people about the good news. And what was that good news? Well, first of all, we were ambassadors for basketball. Basketball is their national sport. In fact, just about everywhere you go, you will find a basketball hoop, whether it be from a tree or whether it be from a pole. They love the sport of basketball. We went with a, a Christian organization called Sports Ambassadors, and we tried to help them understand what Jesus could do for their life. It was a great opportunity for our family to give back, to love on the people of the Philippines. So what a better opportunity to take our family, which also happens to love basketball, and be ambassadors for the sport. We went across the pond to have an opportunity to change their lives, but in the process found that oftentimes we were the ones that were changed. Hi, my name's Jordan Germain, and our main purpose was to reach people through basketball. 
the local church would organize the games and so they would be there talking to the people. So every day we would play basketball. Uh, we'd show up to a local area and play a local team and at the start there would only be about 10 to 15 people. But as we start dribbling and shooting around, um, they sometimes show uh, 150 to 300 people would come and eventually show up. We would play these older kind of young men and we would play the first half and at halftime we would um, get all of our team out in the center court and we would talk to the whole crowd and we would talk to them about Jesus and what he's done for and to impact each and every one of us and that would and then after that we would um, explain that if they trusted in him uh, they could have that same impact and then we would also have one person step up and kind of uh, give their testimony about how they met God and during this whole process that um, we would hand out pamphlets to people and on those pamphlets were just information about God um, maybe about local churches and if they wanted to they could uh, fill out their contact information um, so the church could contact them at each and every game we had 150 people but overall we probably reached out to about 2,000 people and uh, we impacted their lives of around 800 of them ended up wanting to get to know Jesus better and contact contacted the local church so our teammates came from all over the United States and they were great they were fun to play with they also had the same passion that we do about reaching kids just seeing the kids how they would swarm us every time we played every after the game they always wanted pictures with us um, yeah it was just amazing to see how much we could impact those kids and sometimes even adults so we did go undefeated um, we had a couple dunks by one player and they loved that he would dunk it we'd get the ball back and they'd like part the Red Sea and get out of his way so he can dunk it again um, yeah we didn't lose our closest game was three points I think my name is Lauren Germain and I had a lot of fun playing in the games but the after game was even more impactful for me so for me to prepare for the trip I took it upon myself to make about 200 bracelets homemade to give out to the kids at each game and while I did that I would tell them that Jesus loves them so then every time they look at that they will be reminded of that so after the game our players would go and meet with the other team and their players and we wanted to give them a gift so we gave them bracelets just to show how um, Jesus gave us a gift of his love so on the bracelet it has a verse John 3:16. it says for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life Jesus gave us a gift of his love that he has for us and it just has pictures that show that and how players can look at it and it would remind them of that love. So while I was in the Philippines, one of the unique things that I found out was that basically no girls play basketball over there. So me being the only one on the court, I could just see that all the girls just really looked up to me, which was super cool to see that there's a girl showing them that they can play no matter what the status quo says. And it was really cool after the game because all the girls would want to come up and talk to me and they'd be like, 
Oh, Lauren, you're so tall. Cause I'm only 5'6", but that's like a giant to them. My name is Ashton Germain. We played lots of basketball games in the Philippines, and we also did basketball clinics. My nickname was Little Curry. I got the nickname because I would hit, I hit 10 threes one game, and they went crazy. So at the clinics, we would teach them on how to finish, how to dribble, how to shoot, all types of stuff. One of the high schools let the kids out of school to come to one of our basketball clinics. The kids just really enjoyed us like coaching them. My dad loves the game of basketball and he loves coaching it, but we all took the time to tell Filipinos how to play. The most impactful thing for me was to see how much the kids over there enjoyed the game of basketball and how they would take the time to come to know Christ. My name is Dana Germain, and I didn't actually play in the games, but I played a different role. So my role was to help with the administrative side of the game. So I helped keep score, run the clock, um, and as the kids spoke earlier, about at halftime, we would stop the game and one of the players would get up and talk to the audience. And while they did that, I passed out the pamphlets to the people in the audience. The pamphlets were written in their native language of Tagala, and so that it would be easy for them to read and learn more about Jesus. Um, they have, you know, challenging lives in the Philippines, and um, you know, it's a it's a very poor country and you know they work hard to survive and they work hard to find their food every day um, you know they go out in the ocean and fish and and so just wanted to kind of be an encouragement to them um, and all of us did all of us on the team that's that's what we were hoping to do as ambassadors so something that was really interesting for me from the perspective and the role that i played was um, it was really fun to see the interaction of the players and my family um, with the people in the crowd. Some of them told me that they'd never seen blue eyes before and they thought we were so tall and so it was just fun to see they wanted to get to know us but the same we felt the same we wanted to get to know them. The mayor of one of the islands of about 25,000 people asked us to come and help be an encouragement to his employees and he has a weekly meeting where he brings all of the government employees together. But he had asked our group to come and speak to all of those employees and, and provide some sort of encouraging words. Um, the leaders of our group had asked Scott, my husband, to um, give that speech. And as he spent time with um, some of the natives there, asking them about what he should talk about, a um, couple of the things that they really brought up were just encouraging the Filipinos to work hard um, in the government. And the best jobs in the Philippines are the government jobs, but they said that people don't always work hard in them. And they also encouraged them to um, speak about working with integrity and doing the right thing. And so Scott, and um, he's a coach of Ray Peck's school basketball team. His mission statement has an acronym, it's H-I-T, HIT, and it stands for Hard Work, Integrity, Teamwork. And so Scott shared this as he listened to the pastors and the natives talk about what he should tell these government employees. He said, I need to tell them about HIT. And so he went through and he described HIT. He described what it means 
to be a hard worker. He described what it means to have integrity and do your job with integrity. And he described what it means to be a team player and how you work together. And it was, and he also talked about that that's what God wants us to do. All of those things, the, the Bible talks about all of those things. And so he shared that that's, that that's what you know we are called to do. And, and they said they're gonna use as one of their guiding North Star principles. So that was pretty fun to see that, you know, we as Americans could come over and encourage you know, the, the main um, workers of that island. So the most impactful thing to me was, I, I knew that we were going to a third world country and I knew that we were going to see some hard things, but I didn't really understand it until I was submersed in it for almost three weeks. Although they don't have much of anything and their homes are a lot of them were made out of plywood. They seemed to be happy. They seemed to have a simple life and they were happy, um, you know, in, in that, that life. And so it was life-changing for me and my family has talked about it's been life-changing for them. And I was also really inspired by how willing and how much the native Filipinos wanted to learn about the hope that we had and the hope that and that hope comes from Jesus. And so that was, that was really special to know that there were 2,000 people that came to these games and almost half of them had signed their pamphlet saying they wanted to learn more about Jesus. They wanted to experience that hope. So this truly was a great experience for our family. And we got to experience uh, two earthquakes in that mix too. That was exciting. We had uh, rice with every single meal. We had 13 boat rides. And so we play all these games and we're thinking about what is our purpose? And our purpose was just to go and share. Share what the game has meant to us. So the games were fun and we didn't lose any, but it wasn't about the games. Basketball is more than a game. It's an opportunity to reach out to people and use the game to reach people. And that's what we did. And it was impactful to us as well as them. It was a great opportunity for our family. And I really hope that we have an opportunity to do it again. But the biggest thing is knowing that we as well as them were impacted along the way. This work, unbelievable. My wife leaned over when Ashton said he shot 10 threes in one game, and she's like, I've never shot made 10 threes in my entire life. So we got some, we got some mission work to do at the Petrie House, apparently. Um, man, I'm so thankful that we have a church that loves all people. And I'm so thankful that we have people going across the world to share the gospel. I want to say thank you to the Germains, man, for serving God, for loving on people, man, for telling people the Philippines about Jesus. Man, thank you, Diane Leslie, for going this year and encouraging our missionaries, man, making a difference in people across the world. Come on, can you give it up for these people? Man, just tell them thank you. Come on. I'm just so proud to be part of a church that just loves people. And it's so easy to give about ourselves, but man, to love other people. I want to share a verse with you this morning. I think just really encapsulates what God wants us to, to learn today. It's found in 2 Corinthians 5. It says this, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. I mean, just bringing people back to God. That God was reconciled the world to himself in Christ, not counting, men, not counting men's transgressions against them. And he has committed to us. He's handed us the baton the message of reconciliation. Man, he has given and trusted us with the gospel. 
man, that the gospel doesn't stop with us and goes to somebody else. And he says this, therefore we are what? What are we? We are ambassadors. Come on, we're ambassadors for Christ. Man, we have a mission. Man, as though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God because God has made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Man, we are given a mission. Man, I'm so, I'm so thankful for what Diane said about going to the hospital. When you walk into the room, you don't see color, you don't see socioeconomic status, you don't see a type of worker, you see a parent who loves their child. And that's how we spread the gospel, man. There's a heavenly father that wants a relationship with every single person. We get to share the gospel that way. I love the boldness of naming a hospital in this year called The Cure. I mean, can you imagine the boldness saying, hey, we got The Cure right here. Come on, show up. We're going to name the church The Cure, right? Like, we got The Cure. It's more than just a physical healing. We can do more than that. We can give you Jesus who can heal the soul, man. He's the great physician. You may walk out with a limp, but guess what? You're going to be perfect in heaven. We're going to share the good news of the gospel, man. I love that boldness. I love what Scott said, man. Uh, basketball is more than a game. You know, what he does, he is a head basketball coach at Apex, but who he is, he's an ambassador for Christ. Man, you're more than a roofer, you're more than a painter, you're more than a construction worker, you're more than a nurse, man, you're more than a mom, you're more than wiping, wiping poopy diapers, you know, wiping babies' butts, you're more than that. You are an ambassador for Christ no matter what you do. Man, I love this idea that we don't add Jesus to our lives. It's so easy as Americans, we kind of squeeze Jesus in at the end and we show up on Sunday and we read a Bible when we can and we pray before a meal, but it's not like that at all. Jesus wants every part of our life. You are an ambassador for Christ, no matter what you do. You're not just a nurse, you're an ambassador for Christ as you're nursing. You're not just a basketball coach, you are an ambassador for Christ on that court. You know, Scott Germain, his mission field are those basketball team, as his members, his people on the stands. Maybe you're a student at your school, you're more than a student, you are an ambassador for Christ. That school is given to you. God wants you to be on mission where you go, wherever you work, you play, you study, you live. Man, you're an ambassador for Christ. You're not adding Jesus to your life, you're putting Jesus in every area of your life because he wants to be first on every area of your life. He wants to be first in your life. And so this morning, we are ambassadors for Christ. When I was 18 years old, I heard a message, and this man said to us, he said, if God could send his son Jesus to die on a cross for you and tell the world about himself, why can't you go and tell somebody else? Man, I'm so thankful that God opened my eyes and understand that I'm an ambassador for him more than anything else. I'm not selling for a what because I'm a who. I'm an ambassador for God. Who has God asked you to go to? And maybe it's somebody in your family, maybe somebody close to you, maybe somebody across the street, maybe it's around the world. I'm telling you something, the gospel is for all people, all people, no matter what they look like, no matter how different they are. I Man, I always say church should look like Walmart. Come on, somebody, just be different. The gospel breaks down all cultural norms, all socioeconomic statuses. It's for every single person. Don't speak the language, but you know what? The love of God pierces through all languages. The gospel's for all people. And so this morning, man, I'm so proud to be a church that loves all people, amen? Probably a church that wants the gospel to go beyond these four walls into a lost and dying world. Maybe we see lost people saved, saved people pastored, pastored people trained, and trained people sent out as ambassador Christ around the world. Man, I'm so thankful the church is sending people. Man, two missionary, two missionary trips this summer. But man, we want more people to do that. You know, I asked earlier, like, man, who wants to go around the world? It's amazing the people that have been on mission trips are like, man, I'm broken for the cause. Man, pour me out for people. And so this morning, I'm gonna encourage you, if you've never been on a missions trip, and we have a next missions trip, you just gotta sign up and go. Man, I love it that some of this church stepped up and helped Leslie with a plane ticket. Man, I know God's calling you to greater things. You, may not, you don't even see it yet. And I believe and understand who you are, your design that's gonna lock your destiny. Because you're more than a what, you're called to who, you're an ambassador of God.